Book Eight, Part Two of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Aeneid by Publius Virgilius Maro, translated by John Dryden, Book Eight. Arcadian Allies, Part Two. Thus walking on, he spoke and showed the gate, since called Carmental by the Roman state, where stood an altar sacred to the name of old Carmenta, the prophetic dame, who to her son foretold the Aeneian race, sublime in fame and Rome's imperial place. Then shows the forest, which in after times fierce Romulus for perpetrated crimes, a sacred refuge made with this the shrine, where Pan below the rock had rites divine. Then tells of Argus' death, his murdered guest, whose grave and tomb his innocence attest. Thence to steep Tarpeian rock he leads, now roofed with gold, then thatched with homely reeds. A reverent fear, such superstition reigns among the rude, even then possessed the swains. Some god they knew, what god they could not tell, did there amidst the sacred horror dwell. The Arcadian thought him Jove, and said they saw the mighty thunderer with majestic ave, who took his shield and dealt his bolts around, and scattered tempests on the teeming ground. Then saw two heaps of ruins, once they stood, two stately towns on either side the flood. Saturnius and Jan Nicholas remains, and either place the founder's name retains. Discoursing thus together they'd resort, where poor Evander kept his country court. They viewed the ground of Rome's litigious hall, once oxen load where now the lawyers bawl. Then stooping through the narrow gate they pressed, when thus the king bespoke his Trojan guest. Mean as it is this palace and this door, received Alcides then a conqueror. Dare to be poor except our homely food, which feasted him and emulate a god. Then underneath a lowly roof he led the weary prince and laid him on a bed. Then stuffing leaves with hides of bears o'erspread. Now night had shed her silver dews around, And with her sable wings embraced the ground. When love's fair goddess, anxious for her son, New tumults racing and new wars begun, Couched with her husband in his golden bed, With these alluring words invokes his aid, And that her pleasing speech his mind may move, inspires each accent with its charms of love while cruel fate conspired with grecian powers to level with the ground the trojan towers i'd ask not aid the unhappy to restore nor did the succour of thy skill implore nor urge the labours of my lord in vain a sinking empire longer to sustain though much i owe to priam's house and more the dangers of Aeneas did deplore. But now, by Jove's command and fate's decree, 
his race is doomed to reign in italy with humble suit i beg thy needful art o still propitious power that rules my heart a mother kneels a suppliant for her son by tethys and aurora thou wert one to forge impenetrable shields and grace with fated arms a less illustrious race behold what haughty nations are combined against the relics of the phrygian kind with fire and sword my people to destroy and conquer venus twice in conquering troy she said and straight her arms of snowy hue about her unresolving husband threw her soft embraces soon infused desire his bones and marrow sudden warmth inspire and all the godhead feels the wanted fire not half so swift the rattling thunder flies or forky lightning flash along the skies the goddess proud of her successful wiles and conscious of her form in secret smiles then thus the power obnoxious to her charms panting and half dissolving in her arms why seek you reasons for a cause so just or your own beauties or my love detrust long since had you required my helpful hand the artificer and art you might command to labour arms for troy nor jove nor fate confined their empire to so short a date and if you now desire new wars to wage my skill i promise and my pains engage whatever melting metals can conspire or breathing bellows or the forming fire is freely yours your anxious fears remove and think no task is difficult to love trembling he spoke and eager of her charms he snatched the willing goddess to his arms till in her lap infused he lay possessed of full desire and sunk to pleasing rest now when the night her middle race had rode and his first slumber had refreshed the god the time when early housewives leave the bed when living embers on the hearth they spread supply the lamp and call the maids to rise with yawning mouths and with half-opened eyes they ply the distaff by the winking light and to their daily labour add their night thus frugally they earn their children's bread and uncorrupted keep the nuptial bed not less concerned nor at a later hour rose from his downy couch the forging power sacred to vulcan's name an isle there lay betwixt cecilia's coast and lepare raised high on smoking rocks and deep below in hollow caves the fires of etna glow the kiklops here their heavy hammers steel loud strokes and hissings of tormented steel are heard around the boiling waters roar and smoky flames through fuming tunnels soar hither the father of the fire by night through the brown air precipitates his flight on their eternal anvils here he found the brethren beating and the blows go round a load of pointless thunder now there lies before their hands to ripen for the skies these starts for angry jove they daily cast consumed on mortals with prodigious waste 
three rays of rhythm rain of fire three more of winged southern winds and cloudy store as many parts the dreadful mixture frame and fears are added and avenging flame inferior ministers for mars repair his broken axle-trees and blunted war and send him forth again with furbished arms to wake the lazy war with trumpets loud alarms the rest refresh the scaly snake that fold the shield of pallas and renew their gold full on the crest of gorgon's head they place with eyes that roll in death and with distorted face my sons said vulcan set your task aside your strength and master skill must now be tried arms for a hero forge arms that require your force your speed and all your forming fire he said they set their former work aside and their new toils with eager haste divide a flood of molten silver brass and gold and deadly steel in the large furnace rolled of this their artful hands a shield prepare alone sufficient to sustain the war seven orbs within a spacious round they close one stirs the fire and one the bellows blows the hissing steel is in the smithy drowned the grot with beaten anvils groans around by turns their arms advance in equal time by turns their hands descend and hammers chime they turn the glowing mass with crooked tongues the fairy work proceeds with rustic songs while at the limnian gods command they urge their labors thus and ply the aeolian forge the cheerful morn salutes evander's eyes and songs of chirping birds invite to rise he leaves his lowly bed his buskins meet above his ankles sandals sheath his feet he sets his trusty sword upon his side and o'er his shoulder throws a panther's hide to menial dogs before the master pressed thus clad and guarded thus he seeks his kingly guest mindful of promised aid he mends his pace but meets aeneas in the middle space young pallas did his father's steps attend and true achates waited on his friend they join their hands a secret seat they choose the arcadian first their former talk renews undaunted prince i never can believe the trojan empire lost while you survive command the assistance of a faithful friend but feeble are the succors i can send our narrow kingdom here the tiber bounds that other side the latian state surrounds insults our walls and wastes our fruitful grounds but mighty nations i prepare to join their arms with yours and aid your just design you come as by your better genius sent and fortune seems to favour your intent not far from hence there stands a hilly town of ancient buildings and of high renown torn from the tuscans by the lydian race who gave the name of Cary to the place once agelina called it flourished long in pride of wealth and warlike people strong till cursed mesentius in a fatal hour assumed the crown with arbitrary power 
What words can paint those execrable times, the subject's sufferings and the tyrant's crimes? That blood, those murders, O oh, ye gods, replace on his own head and on his impious race. The living and the dead at his command were coupled face to face and hand to hand, till choked with stench in loathed embraces tied, the lingering wretches pined away and died. Thus plunged in ills and meditating more, the people's patience tired no longer bore. The raging monster, but with arms beset, his house and vengeance and destruction threat. They fire his place, while the flame ascends, they force his guards and execute his friends. He cleaves the crowd, and favoured by the night, to Turnus' friendly court, directs his flight. By just revenge the Tuscans set on fire, with arms their king to punishment require. Their numerous troops, now mustered on the strand, my counsel shall submit to your command. Their navy swarms upon the coasts, they cry, to hoist their anchors, but the gods deny. An ancient augur, skilled in future fate, with these foreboding words restrains their hate. Ye brave in arms, ye Lydian blood, the flower of Tuscan youth and choice of all their power, whom just revenge against Mesentius' arms, to seek your tyrant's death by lawful arms. Know this, no native of our land may lead, this powerful people seek a foreign head. Out with these words in camps they still abide, and wait with longing looks their promised guide. Tarkon, the Tuscan chief, to me has sent, their crowned and every regal ornament. The people join their own with his desire, and all my conduct as their king require. But the chill blood that creeps within my veins, and age and listless limbs unfit for pains, and a soul conscious of its own decay, have forced me to refuse imperial sway. My palace were more fit to mount the throne, and should, but he is a Sabine mother's son, and half a native, but in you combine a manly vigour and a foreign line. Where fate and smiling fortune shew the way, pursue the ready path to sovereign sway. The staff of my declining days, my son, shall make your good or ill success his own. In fighting fields from you shall learn to dare, and serve the hard apprenticeship of war. Your matchless courage and your conduct view, and early shall begin to admire and copy you. Besides two hundred horse he shall command, though few a warlike and well-chosen band. These in my name are listed, and my son, as many more has added in his own. Scarce had he said, Achates and his guest, with downcast eyes their silent grief expressed, who short of succours and in deep despair shook at the dismal prospect of the war. But his bright mother from a breaking cloud, to cheer her issue, thundered thrice aloud. Thrice forky lightning flashed along the sky, and Tyrrhena trumpets thrice were heard on high. Then gazing up, repeated peals they hear, 
and in a heaven serene refulgent arms appear reddening the skies and glittering all around the tempered metals clash and yield a silver sound the rest stood trembling struck with ave divine aeneas only conscious to the sign presaged the event and joyful viewed above the accomplished promise of the queen of love then to the arcadian king this prodigy dismiss your fear belongs alone to me heaven calls me to the war the expected sign is given of promised aid and arms divine my goddess mother whose indulgent care foresaw the dangers of the growing war this omen gave when bright vulcanian arms fated from force of steel by stygian charms suspended shone on high she then foreshowed approaching fights and fields to float in blood turnus shall dearly pay for faith forsworn and corps and swords and shields on tiber borne shall choke his flood now sound the loud alarms and latian troops prepare your perjured arms he said and rising from his homely throne the solemn rites of hercules begun and on his altars wake the sleeping fires then cheerful to his household gods retires their offers chosen sheep the arcadian king and trojan youth the same oblations bring next of his men and ships he makes review draws out the best and ablest of the crew down with the falling stream the refuse run to raise with joyful news his drooping son steeds are prepared to mount the trojan band who wait their leader to the tyrrhene land a sprightly courser fairer than the rest the king himself presents his royal guest a lion's hide his back and limbs enfold precious with studded work and paws of gold fame through the little city spreads aloud the intended march amid the fearful crowd the matrons beat their breasts dissolve in tears and double their devotion in their fears the war at hand appears with more affright and rises every moment to the sight then old evander with a close embrace strained his departing friend and tears overflow his face would heaven said he my strength and youth recall such as i was beneath prenestus wall then when i made the foremost foes retire and set whole heaps of conquered shields on fire when herelus in single fight i slew whom with three lives feronia did endue and thrice i sent him to the stygian shore till the last ebbing soul returned no more such if i stood renewed not these alarms nor death should rend me from my palace's arms nor proud mesentius thus unpunished boast his rapes and murders on the tuscan coast ye gods and mighty jove in pity bring relief and hear a father and a king if fate and you reserve these eyes to see my son return with peace and victory if the loved boy shall bless his father's sight if we shall meet again with more delight 
then draw my life in length let me sustain in hopes of his embrace the worst of pain but if your hard decrees which oh i dread have doomed to death his undeserving head this oh this very moment let me die while hopes and fears in equal balance lie while yet possessed of all his youthful charms i strain him close within these aged arms before that fatal news my soul shall wound he said and swooning sunk upon the ground his servants bore him off and softly laid his languished limbs upon his homely bed the horsemen march the gates are open wide aeneas at their head achates by his side next these the trojan leaders rode along last follows in the rear the arcadian throng young pallas shone conspicuous o'er the rest gilded his arms embroidered was his vest so from the seas exerts his radiant head the star by whom the lights of heaven are led shakes from his rosy locks the pearly dews dispels the darkness and the day renews the trembling wives the walls and turrets crowd and follow with their eyes the dusty cloud which winds dispersed by fits and shew from far the blaze of arms and shields and shining war the troops drawn up in beautifully array o'er hearthy plains pursue the ready way repeated peals of shouts are heard around the neighing courses answer to the sound and shake with horny hoofs the solid ground a greenswood shade for long religion known stands by the streams that wash the tuscan town encompassed round with gloomy hills above which add a holy horror to the grow the first inhabitants of grecian blood that sacred forest to sylvanus vowed the guardian of their flocks and fields and pay their due devotions on his annual day not far from hence along the river side in tents secure the tuscan troops abide by tarcon led now from a rising ground aeneas cast his wandering eyes around and all the tyrrhene army had in sight stretched on the spacious plain from left to right thither his warlike train the trojan led refreshed his men and wearied horses fed meantime the mother goddess crowned with charms breaks through the clouds and brings the fated arms within a winding vale she finds her son on the cool river's banks retired alone she shews her heavenly form without disguise and gives herself to his desiring eyes behold she said performed in every part my promise made and vulcan's laboured art now seek secure the latian enemy and the haughty turnus to the fields defy she said and having first a son embraced the radiant arms beneath an oak she placed proud of the gift he rolled his greedy sight around the work and gazed with vast delight he lifts he turns he poises and admires the crested helm that vomits radiant fires his hands the fatal sword and corslet hold one keen with tempered steel one stiff with gold 
both ample flaming both and beamy bright so shines a cloud when edged with adverse light he shakes the pointed spear and longs to try the plated cushions on his manly thigh but most admires the shield's mysterious mould and roman triumphs rising on the gold for these embossed the heavenly smith had wrought not in the rolls of future fate untaught the wars in order and the race divine of warriors issuing from the julian line the cave of mars was dressed with mossy greens there by the wolf were laid the martial twins intrepid on her swelling dugs they hung the foster dam lolled out her fawning tongue they sucked secure while bending back her head she licked their tender limbs and formed them as they fed not far from thence new rome appears with games projected for the rape of sabine dames the pit resounds with shrieks a war succeeds for breach of public faith and unexampled deeds here for revenge the sabine troops contend the romans there with arms the prey defend wearied with tedious war at length they cease and both the kings and kingdoms plight the peace the friendly chiefs before jove's altar stand both armed with each a charger in his hand a fatted sow for sacrifice is led with imprecations on the perjured head near this the traitor metius stretched between for fiery steeds is dragged along the green by tullus doom the brambles drink his blood and his thorn limbs are left the vulture's food there porcina to rome proud tarquin brings and would by force restore the banished kings one tyrant for his fellow tyrant fights the roman youth assert their native rights before the town the tuscan army lies to win by famine or by fraud surprise the king half threatening half disdaining stood while cockles broke the bridge and stemmed the flood the captive maids there tempt the raging tide scraped from their chains with cloelia for their guide high on a rock heroic manlius stood to guard the temple and the temple's god then rome was poor and there you might behold the palace thatched with straw now roofed with gold the silver goose before the shining gate there flew and by her cackle saved the state she told the gauls approach the approaching gauls obscure in night ascend and seize the walls the gold dissembled well their yellow hair and golden chains on their white necks they wear gold are their vests long alpine spears they wield and their left arm sustains a length of shield hard by the leaping salian priests advance and naked through the streets the mad luperci dance in caps of wool the targets dropped from heaven her modest matrons in soft litters driven to pay their vows in solemn pomp appear and odorous gums in their chaste hands they bear far hence removed the stygian seats are seen 
pains of the damned and punished Cataline, hung on a rock the traitor, and around the furies hissing from the nether ground. Apart from these, the happy souls he draws, and Cato's holy ghost dispensing laws. Betwixt the quarters flows a golden sea, but foaming surges there in silver play. The dancing dolphins with their tails divide the glittering waves and cut the precious tide. Amid the main two mighty fleets engage, their brazen beaks opposed with equal rage. Axiom surveys the well-disputed prize, Levcata's watery plain with foamy billows fries. Young Caesar on the stern in armor bright, here leads the Roman and their gods to fight. His beamy temples shoot their flames afar, and over his head is hung the Julian star. Agrippa seconds him with prosperous gales, and with propitious gods his foes assails. A naval crown that binds his manly brows, the happy fortune of the fight foreshows. Ranged on the line of post, Antonius springs, barbarian aids and troops of eastern kings. The Arabian near, and Bactrians from afar, of tongues discordant and a mingled war. And rich in gaudy robes amidst the strife, his ill fate follows him, the Egyptian wife. Moving, they fight with oars and forky prows, the froth is gathered and the water glows. It seems as if the Cyclades again were rooted up and justled in the main or floating mountains, floating mountains meet, such is the fierce encounter of the fleet. Fireballs are thrown, and pointed javelins fly, the fields of Neptune take the purple dye. The queen herself, amidst the loud alarms, with symbols tossed her fainting soldiers warms, fool as she was, who had not yet divined her cruel fate, nor saw the snakes behind. Her country gods, the monsters of the sky, great Neptune, Pallas, and love's queen defy. The dog Anubis barks, but barks in vain, nor longer dares oppose the ethereal train. Mars in the middle of the shining shield is graved and strides along the liquid field. The deer results from heaven with swift descent, and discord dyed in blood with garments rent. Divides the priest her steps Bellona treads, and shakes her iron rod above their heads. This scene Apollo from his Axian height pours down his arrows at whose winged flight the trembling Indians and Egyptians yield. And soft Sabines quit the watery field, the fatal mistress hoists her silken sails, and shrinking from the fight invokes the gales. Aghast she looks, and heaves her breast for breath, Panting and pale with fear of future death. The god had figured her as driving along, By winds and waves, and scudding through the throng. Just opposite, sad Nilus opens wide, His arms and ample bosom to the tide, And spreads his mantle over the winding coast, in which he wraps his queen and hides the flying host. The victor to the gods his thanks expressed, and Rome triumphant with his presence blessed. 
three hundred temples in the town he placed with spoils and altars every temple graced three shining nights and three succeeding days the fields resound with shouts the streets with praise the domes with songs the theatres with plays all altars flame before each altar lies drenched in his gore the destined sacrifice great caesar sits sublime upon his throne before apollo's porch of parian stone accepts the presents vowed for victory and hangs the monumental crowns on high vast crowds of vanquished nations march along various in arms in habit and in tongue here Malsiber assigns the proper place for Carians and the ungirt Numidian race. Then ranks the Trakians in the second row, with Scythians expert in the dart and bow. And here the tamed Euphrates humbly glides, and there the Rhine submits her swelling tides. And proud Araxas, whom no bridge could bind, the Danes' unconquered offspring march behind and Morini the last of humankind. These figures on the shield divinely wrought, by Vulcan laboured and by Venus brought, with joy and wonder fill the hero's thought. Unknown the names, he yet admires the grace, and bears aloft the fame and fortune of his race. End of Book 8 Read by Lars Rolander